Kane is in the building. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another 3P podcast episode. This is our third episode of the eighth season. We've got a big show for you guys. If you saw our Instagram post by the wonderful TJ Hummel, we got a special guest. We got Pat Gardner joining the show and we'll dive into a little bit of an introduction in a little bit. But first, if you don't know, I'm your host, Josh Fromwoodson. And once again, I am joined by TJ Hummel, Alex Castle, Stephen Bonazzo. And like I just said, we're joined by Pat Gardner. Pat, welcome to the 3P Podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk sports. Of course. So Pat is a big man from Marist College out in Poughkeepsie for all you New Yorkers. He's a 6'10", 6'10 big man, averaged 19 last season. But most impressively, which Cass and I were actually talking about earlier, you shot 38% from three, which we are blown away by. And we'll definitely be asking you some questions about that. Uh, you spent this past summer first in the in the summer league, so that was like June, July ish, right? June, July, you spent uh, the summer league out in Vegas for the Miami Heat. Then you went international. You played for Team Egypt, which we'll definitely dive into. And while you were there, you got a call that you would be attending training camp, which starts up in a couple weeks for the Brooklyn Nets. So a nice little homecoming for you. So a busy basketball season for you, that's for sure. So we'll dive into all of that in a little bit. So first, I just want to talk about what it was like going from small community college out in Nassau, which your hometown, that makes sense. You go in community college route. Then you went uh, Division II. What was the school you attended? It was St. Michael's College in the NE10. And that was Vermont, right? Yeah, correct. And then to Marist, so that that made sense. You were playing local, but talk about what that uh, transition was like going from a community college to Division Two to then playing at Marist and and getting NBA scouts, I believe, towards the back end of that season. Yeah, so when you put it into perspective like that, it, it sounds crazy. Um, but when I first started off at Nassau, um, I never thought that would end up here uh with a training camp invite when you take it you know year by year you kind of just focus on the season and then whatever happens after happens after um but when i had the season i had at nassau i i um stayed there three years of them was an injury year when i was injured you know that was 2018 and 19 and you know i had no like you're you you're anxious ridden because you don't know what's going to happen that you just want to get healed so then I had the year that I had after which was my third year at Nassau but second year playing um was an all-american and we won a lot of games and went to the national tournament for junior colleges then COVID hit so my recruitment coming out of there wasn't as strong as maybe you know if everything happened the year before 
Um, and then uh, the coach at St. Michael's, he hit me up and they were really one of the only schools to offer me um, out of Nassau Community College. And I was so grateful. In the back of my head, I always wanted to play Division One, um, So I was kind of bummed out that I didn't have the offers that, you know, you kind of think about in your head and you, you know, you, you compare yourself to other players, but you can't do that when you're an athlete. Um, but I was so grateful to get that offer uh, from St. Michael's full scholarship. And I was ready to just prove everyone wrong who didn't recruit me. Um, and then, you know, our season got canceled. Um, and then I was so motivated coming into my third year of eligibility. Um, and then, you know, we won some games, we lost some games. Um, and then our season got canceled um, because our team, a lot of the players had COVID, unfortunately. So we didn't get to make the playoffs. Um, and then, you know, it was kind of a bummer to end the season, but I still proved myself uh, to the league, which was very important. Uh, made some good memories with teammates. And then I, it was a hard decision, but I put my name in the transfer portal because I had one year left. And I always wanted to play division one. And after really talking with my parents and just thinking it over with myself, like it's either now or never. And I wanted to take the risk. I'm always someone who bets on themselves. I'll never, um, you know, settle for anything. I'll, I'd rather like try as hard as I can. And then if I can't make it, know that I tried my best rather than just be like, you know what? I'm not gonna try this, it's too hard. So, um, Marist, after I put my name in the portal, Marist was the only team to offer me a scholarship too. And um, I'm like, you know what? This is a great school anyway. Uh, I don't care that they're the only school that's offering me. Uh, went there, had the season that we had, made the MAC championship as an 11 seed, which was crazy. And, uh, you know, this then the off season happened with all these uh, crazy things, summer league, and now we're here. So that's just the broad <laughs> scope of it all but it's just been a crazy journey and I just want to follow up before the guys jump in so coming out of high school did you have uh offers for division one schools and when did you hit this growth spurt because I'm sure you didn't grow like 10 inches in one summer like you hear about Anthony Davis yeah so right now I'm actually 6'11 without shoes um which is crazy uh and then like weighing 245 um, but coming out of high school, I was 6'7", 6'8", um, 190, 185, um, and didn't have any offers, not even Division II, um, literally nothing. And I, I was at a crossroads because I didn't know if I wanted to go to a SUNY school and just go there. I was, I was this close from going to SUNY New Paltz and just going there for the education because I got accepted there. And uh, I decided that uh, I went to the showcase and I met the coach from Nassau there. His name was, uh, his name is AJ Winder. I still talk to him to this day and it was great conversation we had. Um, and then just decided to go there. I think that's a great journey that, that you had Pat with, you know, beating the odds with, with COVID and, and keeping that eligibility and then, ending up at a great school like Marist. And even though you didn't get the D1 offers that you wanted to, you continued to just push through and, and prove everyone wrong, which, which, which I think is huge because a lot of people 
would kind of let that get to them, but you didn't, which is great. And what I want to know is, so you're, you're playing for the Red Foxes. It's a D2 program. Obviously, your, your height and your skill speaks for itself. But what I want to know is, how are you getting the attention uh, from scouts to, to, come, to come to your games to kind of put yourself more out there? Was it just, you know, your, your skill and your game that spoke for itself? Were you doing stuff off the court? What was kind of your, your approach with your last year um, being eligible playing there? Well, the reason why I went to Marist in the first place and transferring from St. Michael's is to just boost my stock as a professional. And I didn't know how it was going to work, but I knew that if I had a good season at Marist, then it put me in a better position. Um, so as the season went on, a lot of uh, basketball agents would, you know, contact me through Instagram. And um, when the season ended, during the season, I was more focused on the winning aspect with my team. I, I didn't think about anything until after. Um, and after the season, I had to find the right agent for myself who was going to put me in the best decision, uh, best situation to succeed. And I chose my agent and he's been great ever since. And it's kind of his job to, um, you know, contact teams and, um, you know, these scouts, they're scouts for every team everywhere in the world. And it's their job to look at stats, to look at film. And then you kind of go from there. If they see your film and they believe in you, they're going to take a chance on you. And my height and skill definitely helps. I'm still not a finished product. Um, still got to get stronger. Um, but I think, um, there's a high ceiling for myself and that's what I believe in. Um, that's why I'm still working as hard as I can. Cause I know there's still a chance to make it to the highest leagues in the world. Um, but yeah, the, the skill and height definitely helps cause it's intriguing to these NBA scouts that there could be something. And I think that's why the nets took a chance on me because they, they seen the improvement that I've been able to make each year. So they're hoping that it can carry over and continue. So uh, as long as I put the work in, which I'm doing, uh, I want to, you know, be as successful as I can. And all it takes is one team to believe in you. Well, that, um, that kind of leads me into my question. And first, I, before I ask you, I wish you landed up at UHart. I feel like that would have been the, the good spot. I feel like the team was missing just a big man and you would have been the perfect big man for the team. But Thank you. I'm embarrassed anyways, because UHart uh, athletics is just down the drain anyways, but enough of that. <laughs> Um, so yes, yeah, so you're talking about improving your game, especially now going from college to NBA. So like kind of, I want to know what are some improvements you want to make within your game? I'm obviously with you shooting 38% from three in college, it's not like you need to improve too much on that. Obviously there's always room for improvement, but what do you look for to improve your game or what do you want to add to your game now as you join the, at the professional level, which where guys are professionals and you're going to go against guys that are either new guys, rookies like you or guys that have been in the league for how many years, even whether it's on the G league level or at the NBA level. So, um, or even during your time um, playing for team Egypt, like now that you're playing these guys, what do you, what are you taking from them and how do you, um, you know, what do you look to improve so you can reach a top status and the best, you know, uh, the most potential you have for yourself? Yeah. Um, I think the number one thing for myself is getting in the best shape I can possibly be in. And what I've been doing is um, running as much as I can and doing sprints. 
and then also getting stronger. I think um, skill-wise, um, there's things that I need to get sharper in, like just quicker handle, quicker shots. And then the getting in shape part's just going to help me get maybe more offensive rebounds, rebound in traffic, uh, rim run, just easier ways to f uh, find ways to score and help my team because it's harder to separate yourself when you're playing against really talented players. So the number one thing for me right now is getting in shape. Um, and I'd say that now that I'm entering this new level, I'm not going to be able to play the same way that I played at Maris. Like this is a whole new level and I can't even watch, like I can't even, I feel like I'm going to be a different person that the film from Marist is not going to be the player I am going to be in this next year. Um, I'm not going to be able to just be taller than players. Most of the time, I'm not going to just be able to shoot over them. I have to be able to uh, be as fat, be in the best shape of my life to rim, to do these things that I didn't do at Marist. So that's my number one thing going into this training. Like, you know, I'll have one off day during the week, but the other six, I'm I'm running, I'm staying in shape, stretching, weightlifting, and that's my number one thing right now. Sorry, I know TJ has a question, but I just want to yep. jump on that. Um, how did you find that adjustment uh, playing in the summer league and then playing internationally in the World Cup? Did you find that to be like a struggle to get uh, adjusted or did you find it like a smooth transition? So it's it's kind of... When I went into the summer league, I'd say everyone's everyone's very fast and the big men are fast. Um, so I'd, it's just you have to come in with a you have to get your shot off quicker. Um, rebounding in traffic is much harder. Um, so I think that was the physicality was very tough, um, but it was not saying it was easy to adjust because it's not easy. But I was able to adjust because I think my uh, as I've learned from these years of going to each new level, I've been able to adapt. So, you know, I, I, I can't be scared. Like, I know it's summer league, but, you know, you're here for a reason. Um, and they took a chance on me. And I can't play like a scaredy cat. I got to go in and play with confidence. So I think just playing with confidence was the number one thing and being able to embrace the physicality. And kind of keeping on track with, with the NBA. Um, I don't know about you, but... I, in the past, like, two days have gotten really tired of seeing uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey on my timeline. It was really nice to see a new uh, breed of posts, if you will, on on a, on X, on Instagram. And it was the, the Waj and Shams bomb that happened in the NBA today. Dame Lillard is now a buck. There's a bunch of other trades that went down between, what, the Suns and the Blazers. So three-team trade. Dame's not in Miami. He's now a buck. Do you have any thoughts on the wild trade that went down today? Who do you think won? Um, do you think Dame is an instant there? The Bucks are now a sure shot to win, or is there other stuff they need to improve on without the just the addition of Dame? Well, <clears throat> it's a great addition. Dame is one of the best point guards, and thing is you're you're losing drew holiday and you know i think people are forgetting how really talented and good defensively he is i mean you're adding damian lillard but you know you're losing a defensive superstar who's guarding you know they're the best guards in the east um like the james hardens the uh who other good guards too like jalen brown um but 
you know, the Trailblazers, they, I think they got better too, way better. Um, they're adding uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, and then they also, they have their new draft pick too. You know, they're, they're looking good too. And then uh, I think the Suns got better too. I'm a big Nurkic fan. I, I love any big man in the NBA. Uh, so it was honestly crazy because I thought he was going to the heat, but there was something suspicious about him not going there already. Like it's been so long. So something should have happened, I think. And it doesn't shock me he's on a different team because I think if it was he was supposed to go to the Heat, he would have been there by now. But I think it's, you know, every team, I think, got better. And also the Trailblazers added Aiton, correct, right? So that's pretty good, too. I think every team got better. Yeah, I think every... I think every team definitely got better. Go on, Stevie. When I was um, when I got the notification, I was, I was still in school and I was talking to one like the librarian who is also a, a big basketball fan, and I was reading the whole like I didn't at first I didn't realize it was a three team deal, and then I was reading it, and I saw I'm like all right, Middleton stayed in Milwaukee, Brooke Lopez stayed in Milwaukee, and I was like oh shoot, Aiton got traded to Portland, the Nurkic got traded to um, Phoenix, so I mean I wonder how that's gonna I mean I know. Like last year, there was some like Aiton was about to sign with Indiana, but then I think Phoenix matched the offer. But it seemed like there was going to come a point in time where Aiton and Phoenix were just going to have this breakup. So now it is. But um, I wonder how that's going to impact Phoenix now or if it won't. I mean, I guess they got Nurkic, who's a um, respectable center. He just when he stays healthy. Um, but I was shocked that like Aiton moved. But yeah, no, Portland now with Scoot. Um, and then Aiden and um they also have that other kid Shaden uh, Sharp. Shaden Sharp. Sharp. Yeah. So they're and then obviously Dame with Giannis and Middleton and Lopez. That's just on like of course Chicago now has to go against them how many times a year. So that's just gonna be too brutal. many times. Yeah, for real. In, in case you haven't learned already very quickly, Pat, Stevie likes to try to find things to make it all about himself. So whenever he could th- try to find a way to talk about it, the Bears or the or uh, the Bulls. He'll find a way. Listen, I, I, I Milwaukee and Chicago's in the same conference. If you, if he went into the, the so, next, hey, you know what's interesting though about this trade? Division. You know who also is in that division, Stevie? Miami yeah. Heat, who they got to see uh, four times a year now. So we'll see how that little rivalry will continue to grow. But uh, I, I just want to jump on because you said you're, you're biased. You like your bigs. And I was watching uh, some of the FIBA World Cup, and one of the bigs you got to match up with was Jonas Valanciunas. So just talk to us a little bit about what it was like and how you got that call to play for Team Egypt and what that experience as a whole was like. Yeah, so in the FIBA World Cup, we played against a lot of really talented players, um, not just Jonas, but we also played against uh, Vucevic, someone you know, Stephen. And... um, all these players, especially these European teams, they're so talented. I mean, most of them are in the EuroLeague, if not the NBA. Um, but it was a great learning experience to go against players like that. Um, and the bigs, uh, it just motivates me to want to go into the weight room more, um, train more. And these guys play at the highest level in the world. So it was such a great opportunity to just kind of watch them and also play against them. So I could take some things from their game and add it to, to mine. And I just want to follow up real quick. And then Stevie will ask after as a Nets fan, I got to ask, did you get a chance to connect with uh, the twins at it out there? Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. 
Unfortunately, uh, I did not, um, but I hope to meet him soon. Well, I hope you get to meet them soon too. Um, so I guess my question and kind of just with the whole team Egypt, you know, what is, um, what's the difference between playing for, you know, like in like for your country in a tournament like that um, compared to just say playing college or playing. Um, and I know you've yet to report to training camp yet. Um, but like, you know, what do you think the difference is playing overseas uh, representing, you know, um your country or you know like uh because i think you can play for any country you're um like you're you uh are part of right like or not part of but i'm i'm blinking the words like i'm italian so i could play for team italy or like you know yeah, yeah. um so i don't know why i can't my i'm a little <laughs> i have a little cold so maybe that's blocking my mind a little bit but so you know what what's the difference like playing you know in a tournament like that compared to like say just like in college or the nba or the g league um and kind of like the different like scheduling and just like practices and i'm sure there's similarities but there's has to be a few differences right yeah uh definitely a lot of similarities um with the scouting um but i think the biggest difference um there there are some rule differences i mean the three-point line is closer than the nba line and the ball's different. That's something you just have to get used to, but um, you just have to stay consistent practicing with that. Um, and I had some trouble shooting with the three, even if it was closer, it was kind of hard because I would always go over um, or yeah, but it was something to get used to. Um, but I would just say the skill level was different. Um, you know, when a lot of the players in the World Cup were older guys, I'd say, it was rare you'd see younger players, I'd say. And these older guys, they play with patience. They're much more wiser. So they slow the game down and they're great shooters too. So I think that was the diff biggest difference, just the, the maturity of these players. I mean, they've probably been to one or two other World Cups and that's who you're going against. So I'm 24. Um, and it was just, uh, something I really learned that, you know, um, I'm not going to get everything I want now, maybe, but if I just stick to the course, um, I'm gonna, you know, hopefully I can reap the benefits of everything that I've been working for, but I've been able to, you know, playing for team Egypt was such a great honor. And I'm so happy I did it. And I'm happy we won two games, such a great feeling with the team and coaches to do something like that. I think it's just great that you had that opportunity um, at some point in your career right now, because like you said, you go up against so many different guys and so many different ages, guys who are professional in the NBA, guys who are professional overseas. It really gives you a, a different feel and you're just interacting with so many different players. So I really think down the road, you'll definitely look, look back at that experience for, uh, in a good way for multiple reasons. And at the end of the day, you have the pride of, of representing a part of you. So I think that's great. So yeah. while the subject of, uh, you know, world competitions, I'm curious to see uh, what your opinion on is on. I don't know if you remember a couple of, I guess it was a couple of months ago. I don't remember exactly when it was. Yeah, it, was it was during the time of the World Cup. Okay, perfect. There you go. So during that time, um, U.S. Uh, track athlete uh, Noah Lyles, he made the comment uh, mocking the NBA uh, about the world championship, you know, saying, oh, what are they champions of the United States? And 
it seemed like the Twitter world of all these NBA athletes uh, exploded uh, jumping on him. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, it doesn't really matter uh, how this title is presented. Uh, it's some of the best athletes in basketball that are uh, competing for this championship. So I'm just curious to see what you think uh, of his comments. You think he uh, was just talking out of his ass a little bit? Or what, what did you think of that when that all uh, got released? I think um, with the way the game's going, that there's a lot of growth internationally, and there's a lot of sh very talented players all across the world. So I get where he's coming from. Um, and I think kind of Germany, when they beat the United States, it kind of proved it kind of proved what he said was right. Um, but I do think America's still one of the strongest countries. Um, and yeah, I mean, but I think the gap between the United States and other countries is becoming more narrow as so each year goes on. And I think that's, you know, you, you can just see it with, you know, USA losing, but it doesn't take away from, you know, the talent here in America too. I think it's still one of the strongest. Yeah. I mean, just, just look at uh, the past five or so MVPs. You got Jokic, you got Embiid, you got Giannis. Three of the best players in the in the NBA are all your of European descent. Yeah, and you know it's crazy. I mean, Luca might win MVP too. So it's crazy. A lot of talent out there in this world. And that's that's not even a perspective that I had on it, which I think is a great look because you're absolutely right. Even though these games are played primarily in the u.s with the exception of the raptors home games you're getting players and talent from all over the world who are bringing in so many different fans i mean people probably don't realize the amount of views and streams and whatever that that come from people watching these games outside of the country so i think that's a great outlook on it and i think that people need to people need to recognize more that there's a lot of talent that's coming from Europe and that will continue to come from it. So I, you, you learn something new every day, Pat. That was uh, I really liked liked that response. Thank you. And then uh, I, I this is my last question for you. Um, so we obviously talked a little bit of your college, a little bit team Egypt, and then on uh, the World Cup. So now the Nets, and now like I said, you haven't. Um, reported to training camp but do you have any kind of um can you give us any little insight of what um that's kind of going to be like like what the scheduling might be like um practices and then kind of timelines of when um you know the season starts and maybe when you'll find out if you cracked a roster spot or if you're on the g league or you know whatever so just kind of maybe some insights of training camp and what that might be like in that experience so I know that training camp is coming up. Um, they haven't told me the date specifically. They they need me yet. Um, but all I know is that I have to be ready for whatever comes my way. I have to be in the best shape. Um, and then whatever happens, happens. So just got to be ready to work. Um, as of now, I'm most likely going to be with the G League team as of now. And depending on how I do in training camp, you know, that's my first real test and just go from there. But I always got to just stay ready. You never know what could happen in the G League. You never know um, who might call you. Could be another team, too. So um, just always got to be ready. 
Well, well, good luck to you, and uh, and I'll be rooting for you, whether it's with the Nets or any. I mean, listen, any team is a success. A success so, um, and that that took a lot for Stevie to admit because he will never root for the Nets. So this is a very, very I, rare. Stevie I, I just never, loves to go against me. So that that's no, 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 that's the complete opposite. Pat, don't let him fool you. That is the complete opposite. <laughs> He's always passionate on my team. So, uh, so yeah. But either way, you know, like I said, good luck to you tonight. And with your mindset from just talking right here. You know, you, I know you definitely will put in the work that, you know, um, so hopefully, you know, it just things will happen. And, um, and you know, I got faith in you and you know, most importantly, good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I, I have one last question before you hop off yeah. is I, I wanted to make sure this got talked about because I found it really interesting. So talked a lot about uh, playing in the World Cup and. I threw it in our in, in our Instagram post at the end because I thought it was really cool. So heading into the tournament, you Egypt was ranked forty uh, first internationally. They didn't uh, win a game in the World Cup since nineteen ninety four, I believe, right? So before you all of us were born, and you played a big factor in their first win. That was the game against Mexico, I believe. You had twenty points. So talk about what that moment and that game was like for you and your family because your mom is egyptian right yeah talk about what that was like just winning that game for your country i mean that win helped us so much um because we worked so hard and i wasn't with the team when they did the fiba qualifying in africa but to know that i was part of this team and all the hard work that they put in before that I was part of a big win for Egypt uh, is something that I'll remember for a long time. Um, it's just, it's just a testament to the growth of Egyptian basketball too. Um, I think that we're starting to be respected more, um, not only in the continent, but in the world, we're right there. And uh, you know, each year we're just going to keep improving. Hopefully we can prove more people wrong. And it was just, it's an honor for my family too. Um, it was an honor because everyone is so proud, was so proud of me and the team. And it's just, that's why you play. You want to make your family proud. You want to make your friends and coaches proud too. And also the country and the support we got was amazing. That's awesome. And after that win, you guys, or after the tournament, I should say, you guys jumped to 20th internationally. That's incredible. You went from 41st to 20th internationally. That's incredible. So, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Just... No, that, it's crazy. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, we were ranked so low. And then, you know, it's all about improving too. So, I think it was a successful tournament. Uh, I, I, I would say so. Um, yeah. Before you leave, feel, it, no pressure if you want to leave. We like to do to close out our shows in the spirit of football. We like to do what we call starts and sits, a fantasy football segment. And I know we're throwing you on the spot, so it might be a little difficult for you. But we like to see uh, if we try to look at matchups from any game, pick one guy in particular who you might want to start in fantasy football and one guy who you might want to sit in fantasy football. And maybe if because you're a giant fan, maybe that might help you sway your decision if you would like to suggest for the listeners who might play fantasy football if they might want to start someone or if they might want to sit someone this week. No, I, I do that. I love fantasy football. So wow, okay. Um 
no pressure to, no pressure here of course is it like for my team specifically or just any anything anything when i make yeah. my decisions <laughs> i i like to look at stevie's team and just sit everyone <laughs> so that's well, like my yeah, little strategy yeah because in, in that league my team sucks because i was screwed with the last pick and it's <laughs> and it's a and it's like that super flex too so i don't know hey i hate it i really do hate i, I do not enjoy that league you, you guys wrote me into it with a super flex but Hey, man, it's worked out for me. Jared Goff has paid dividends starting him in that extra flex spot each week. Uh, he's good. He was good towards the end of last year, too. So that was smart. All right. I'd say my sit of the week, I have A.J. Dillon. He's, he was supposed to do so good after Aaron, Aaron Jones was injured, but he's been struggling. But of course, when I say this, he'll probably pop off on Thursday. It, that's how it always happens. That's always it how always it goes. happens. So you're you're all good. Yeah, um, I'd say my start of the week is probably uh, Quinton Johnson. Uh, we'll see how he does. Um, you know, unfortunately, with the injury to Mike Williams, yeah. but those are very is... good. Those are very good ones. I I think I texted Castle as soon as I saw that injury report came down. I was like. Someone you might want to pick up is Quinton Johnson. And he was like, I didn't think of that. And yeah. I just hope Josh Palmer doesn't get in the way. Because that he yeah. might do everything. Last year, when Keenan Allen was hurt and when Mike Williams had his injury, he had crazy games. So I picked up Palmer and uh, I'm playing him against TJ this week. So this should be very spicy. All right. Well, Pat, we, we appreciate you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go on, because I was going to thank you for coming on, but I want to hear what you got to say. I was going to say next year I got to be invited to this fantasy football league. I have to. So. For sure, we got you. Yeah. You nope. can take my spot. <laughs> no, you no, don't want to take his fresh. You don't want to take his spot. You don't want to deal with his team. We'll start fresh next year. Hey, who yeah. knows? I didn't we say might, do, we might do fantasy basketball. We might do fantasy basketball, fantasy hockey. I don't know if you're a big hockey guy. We might get into that. Who knows? I don't know if I'm allowed to do fantasy basketball. Yeah, I don't know um, if you're allowed to do fantasy basketball anymore, but I we I was in a league. Oh yeah, a I didn't. I did not think about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Pat, we want to we want to thank you for stopping by. Good luck this season, and hopefully, I get to see you in Brooklyn. And if not, I'll definitely stop by the Nassau Coliseum and uh, see some see some games. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. It's nice to meet you guys and see you guys again. So good luck with everything. If you need anything, just hit me up. Um, if you want to add me to on Instagram, I'll give it to Josh. And then you guys could all follow back and stuff. We could have each other talk about football or whatever. But thanks so much for having me. Good luck. Thank you. Good luck to you. Yeah, no problem. Nice to see you guys. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Oh, it was Pat Gardner uh, out of Marist College. And hopefully soon to be Brooklyn Net, Long Island Net. If he plays, uh, so if he does get on the, um, you know, obviously I'm, I hope he cracks that Nets roster, you know, especially now that you know, hey, the, big he, he big man did. has been a conversation for uh for the Brooklyn Nets for a while. Exactly. Like I, just, I go, just going in as a fan, we've got Nick Claxton already locking down that center position. Ben Simmons, if he's healthy, said he want he is point guard. <laughs> but no, no, no. I know you're making faces. No, but this helps his case because he said he is a point guard. So they're not considering moving him to small ball five. So it really is. Dayron Sharp is the only other big man on the roster. And then they brought in some other forwards. 
uh, Darius Baisley, Trenton Watford, but no true big man. And Pat, with his size, 6'11", without shoes, 245 as a lefty, could shoot from the three. Castle loves hearing that. I didn't even get to ask him this question, and I'm glad I didn't because Castle made a face at me when I said uh, my player comparison to him. Castle made a face and probably wanted to throw something at me. Said he reminds me of Ju- I said, I said he reminds me of Julius Randall. Let's let let's see how the kid plays and let's hopefully it's it's better than that bum. Well, well, not Julius Randall is is not a bad play. It's just his attitude, you yeah. know. And obviously, That's can't, all, can't yeah, strictly the the comp the player comparison, not a no attitude. I do have one good thing to say about Julius Randall. He came to the defense last night. His wife was one of those. Oh, can't you believe Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map? Julius Randall was swift to come to the defense of Travis Kelsey, and I and that for that, I applaud him. All right, then it's a plus one. But I'm gonna have to make a highlight reel of all the games where he's chucked up eight shots in a row that have missed, just to prove my point. But all right, he came to the defense. Fine, he'll 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 get a brownie point for that. All right, let's uh, let's. I, 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 with my point, that I was going to finish. Um, promise. Uh, was like you you said you you go see him uh either in NASA or whatever. But if he comes down to Bridgeport to play the Westchester Knicks, I have to pop over there and uh, you know, I I, I was mad I didn't get to see our boy Malik when uh, Malik Ellison played for the uh, the Skyhawks. Um, when he played in Bridgeport a couple of times, but I have to see uh. Our guy Pat. So um, if, that's, if that's right, I forgot that's where they play now. They're not in White Plains anymore. They're, no, they um, might have. They might. They legitimately play just about all their home games in Bridgeport now. Um, yeah, they're they, at like Total Mortgage Arena, right, or whatever it is, right next to the amphitheater. Yep. So wow. Average. Because like, you said that, I was like confused. I was like, wow, are you coming to White Plains? But no, I forgot that they play out in Bridgeport. And it's also right, home right. to the Bridgeport Islanders. Uh, be okay, now we're getting fully off topic. I was hoping we could wrap this up with a nice little bow and finish with some starts and sits, but it's never that easy with Stevie. Or um, me. Sit- to talk. It's almost hockey season, so. Stevie, since you love talking, let's hear your start. All right, let me find a start. <laughs> um, that's, I could, oh, okay. Oh, no, I, I got one. I got one. You know who it's going to be? It was easy because he's on my team or in one of my leagues. And that's good old Mr. James Cook. Um, I really like what he's done the past couple uh, weeks against Vegas and then against Washington. He's going against Miami, who, yes, we know they can score the ball, but their defense is still a little uh, successful. Sus- ah, God, I can't even say it. Um, their defense isn't totally perfect. They allow uh, your defense is suspect, Stevie. Suspect, there you go. Yeah. Well, I was, saying, I was trying to say not suspect, but uh, – S-U-S-C-E-P-T-I-B-L-E. If anyone can pronounce that. Sustainable? No. no. Just S- go on. U- go on, Stevie. Go on. Anyway, Stevie. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I, I Listen, I might – I don't even know what – I might not even be in this podcast right now. But anyways, James Cook, he's going against Miami. He's getting touches. He's doing well with his touches. Um. You know, I don't think he's in fantasy fantasy RB one yet, but I think like for your second running back or definitely a, definitely a flex. But I think now he could be in the argument to be a RB two for fantasy. So if you got him, start him. He'll get you some good points. Uh, he may not go super off, but he'll get you a nice 
you know, I would say at least a 15 base. So that's always good for fantasy. Good pick, good pick. And now we get to mute you for a little bit. So that's always a positive. Uh, Castle, do you have a pick or should I go? Because I have one. I have a pick. Um, and this guy sat on my bench last week. And uh, because of partially because of that, I lost to. I'm not even going to mention his name because he just doesn't deserve any any recognition. But you know who you are, and you better be listening. But anyways, uh, the guy I'm going with tomorrow night, uh, he is playing tomorrow night, and this will be out tomorrow, so you can listen to this and make this last-minute decision. And that is tight end Sam Laporta. I think he is becoming a huge part of this Detroit offense. He's a comfortable target for Mr. Goff. I'm getting some vibes of a duo like, because I think he did play with Hawkinson. Yes, he did play with Hawkinson. So this could be one of his more friendly targets since he was traded. So he's a rookie. So I know there might be some, you know, hesitation, but this Green Bay team is banged up on both sides of the ball, including defense. So I'm expecting uh, Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson to get very creative with this offense, which will include a touchdown from my man, Mr. Laporta. So start that, man. TJ, do me uh, the honors. What is Pat, Pat McAfee like calling uh, Dan Campbell? Oh, God, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, MCDC. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. Motor City Dan Campbell. So. I'm going to jump in and then I'll allow you to go in after uh, TJ because I wanted to follow Castle's little train of going with a rookie. And this rookie is currently on my bench and I'm trying to find a way to start him. And that is from the Houston Texans tank Dell. He has really emerged as a, as a sleeper, a legit sleeper this year. He's currently wide receiver 13 in the entire league. People are jumping him up the offensive rookie ladder. He has emerged as possibly um, CJ Stroud's go-to guy. They have a dance together already for touchdown celebrations. He has touchdowns in back-to-back weeks, 20 points in week two, 25 and a half points week three. He gets to play TJ's favorite team this week, the Pittsburgh Yenzers. Their defense is very strong on the uh, on the edge with TJ Watt, but their secondary is a little suspect. See, Stevie, it really isn't that hard to say suspect. So I expect Tank Dell to continue his very impressive start to his rookie campaign, and the Houston Texans are really shocking a lot of people with their offense. I, I just want to say quickly while we're mentioning this, and I'm sure we'll get into it next, next week's episode, I'm just going to put this out there now. I wanted him to go first in this draft, and I'll continue to say it, but I really do think Stroud is is the better quarterback between him and and Young. So, but I'm gonna throw out a hot take that neither of them are QB one of this draft class. Oh no, it, it, you want susceptible? It, it's Tony Richardson, but we've already talked about that. But anyways, just wanted to put that out there. Tony Rich, baby. Uh, that's that's uh, the word. I've been literally. I was just on Google listening. I know how it's pronounced, but for some reason, I'm I'm like 
need more speech therapy in my life and I cannot pronounce it, but Stevie. Uh, I, and I, I, I see perfect. I, I'm done hearing Stevie. TJ, let's hear your I, start. I'll get back to my Castle, comment. Yeah, Castle was saying something promise. I was just gonna say, say Stevie, I say this with love. Take advantage of working in the library. <laughs> I, I definitely will. I need to. I might need to go back and take some more classes myself. All right. Are we are we good? We are we are we are we all out of our ABCs? All right, friends. And Josh, I kind of want to piggyback off. I think it was you that pointed out about Miami's defense. And my start this week goes against. I will gladly take credit for anything that was Stevie related. So appreciate that. Well, I didn't know who it was. I was just making sure it was Stevie. Thank okay, you. no, no, no. Stevie, I, appre I appreciate you. Stevie, giving thank credit you for first. the uh, thank you for the uh, tidbit on Miami's defense and how susceptible they are. Um, I'm gonna go my start this week as Dawson Knox. Big, big tight end out of Buffalo. He may actually, if you if you're like Josh, you may think that Josh Allen is also a tight end or a linebacker, but not a quarterback. There could be a bunch of messing around on a roster spot. But anyway, um, Miami's defense is is susceptible to to a lot of yards, whether it's through the air, whether it's on the ground. I don't think they're. I'm not quite sold just yet on Miami's defense. That's why I want to go with Dawson Knox. I know they're going to try their best to lock up Stefan Diggs as much as they can, which everybody tries to do, but come on now, it's Stefan Diggs. Um, and I think if Josh Allen can get enough time in the pocket and not try to force um, force throws, try to chuck up punts that come from his arm into the hands of the defense, um, if he can get his turnover, his unforced or his unforced turnovers and his forced turnovers under control to where he's maybe getting one or two, yeah, that's debatable kind of turnovers. We'll be we'll be okay. But if he if he can stay, stay solid, stay in the pocket, hit his receivers with both speed and accuracy on that football, I think Dawson Knox is gonna have a big day against Miami's defense. I think that's impossible for Josh Allen not to do, though. So he likes taking those risks. I mean, hey, it's it could be damn near impossible, but damn it, I want to see Dawson Knox have a game. I, I, I do diversity, I, baby. I'll, I'll give it to you. I do think Dawson Knox could have a game, but I'm just saying I think it's impossible for Josh Allen to not punt the ball himself with his arm. That's all I'm saying. As long as it ends up in his own team's hands, then I have no problem with it. But if I will, you, you, you I, just I will can't say up absolute lasers to the defense all willy nilly and expect to win games. I do think, and I might have to check the stats on this. Jordan Whitehead, the jet safety, might be the Bills' leading receiver through three games in, in the season. That's all I'll say, TJ. But uh. But I will let you. And I'm the man of many hats, so I will look into this real quick. Thank you. And I said that as a complete joke, by the way. You don't actually need to uh, do some research. But um, I will start things off with my sit. 
while Stevie starts to get his brain juices flowing, trying to figure out who he's going to sit from my team, probably. Um, see, I wanted to start someone that I really don't like who's on my team, but I wanted to go the more logical route. And Castle, that was Alexander Madison. As you know, I'm not too big of, of a fan of his. But I am actually going to sit someone from, the, from a game that we've been talking about a lot. And uh, it's very bold and risky. But I think Jalen Waddle is not going to have a good game this week. Oh, no. Did I just make you upset, Castle? Oh, you have him in your big money league. That's right. Oh. Let, me hear, let me hear what you have to say, though, because shout out like Mike, who took his spot last week and balled out. So maybe you can sway me. So it's just after facing the Bills defense so often, I know that is the strength of their team. And I know it is impossible to shut down Stephon, uh, uh, Tyree Kill. He's going to get his catches. And whether Tredavious White follows him or not, he's going to have his his touches. He's going to have a good game. You're not shutting him down. As much as I would love to say, sit Tyree Kill, that's just not happening. It's not possible. Jalen Waddle, on the other hand, is prone to having insane games, but also a little bit of a stinker tinker here as the great Rodney Ruxin would say, but I do think he is coming off a concussion is not going to be thrown into the fire right away, especially seeing how explosive they were last week without him scoring 70 points. They're definitely able to move the ball around a lot more than teams thought they would. They're definitely going to utilize the running backs a lot more than they thought they would going into last week. Devon A-Chain or A-Chan, whatever you want to pronounce it. I know Adam Schefter had a tweet, uh, the pronunciation of his name. Uh, 200 yards, uh, two touchdowns or three touchdowns. Raheem Mostert, four touchdowns. Both of them are running backs. They're going to get their touches, whether it's on the ground or through the air, because Mostert had seven or eight catches alone. Uh, Tyree Kill is going to get his touches. So there's a lot of guys who need to get fed and then you throw in the mix that Jalen Waddle's there I don't really know how much of a of a gap there'll be between his touches and then the running backs and the other guys on their team so I think if you're starting Jalen Waddle proceed with caution because I do not expect him to have a 20 point game like people are thinking that he might do so i think if he's your wide receiver too right now you might want to consider moving him into the flex just in case very fair and not only that but he had that oblique injury on top of getting concussed which i don't know if he's fully healthy from so yeah i mean for a league like mine where i'm fortunate where i have depth like you said, I can move him to the flex or I can bench him. So, yeah, it's crazy to say because his team is coming off the second largest point difference in NFL history, but the guy's also coming off injuries. It's also a uh, divisional matchup. So I, I think that's think that's very, very fair. 
Yeah, I don't expect Miami to put, obviously put up the amount of points that they did. And granted, this is not the Denver Broncos. This is the Buffalo Bills. This is an AFC divisional opponent. They they know each other very well. There's a lot of uh, it's gonna be a lot of a chess match going in on Sunday. Oh uh, yeah, Castle. I'll let you uh, give your sit. So I was toying around with it a little bit. I almost went with the Giants player, but I was like, I don't have enough really to say because we're not fully um, confirmed on everything yet. So I'm gonna go with this pick. Maybe it's kind of out there, maybe it's not, but I feel like it will pay off. Whether it's Justice Hill or Kenyon Drake, I wouldn't start either of the Baltimore running backs this week. I really like Cleveland's defense this year. Um, Baltimore's center and one of their guards is coming off of injury. They just started practicing again today. And Cleveland's got some heavy hitters on that defensive line, of course. One of the best um, players in, in on that side of the ball in all football, Miles Garrett, um, former Giant, Dalvin Tomlinson. So that defense under Jim Schwartz is, is really uh, proven to be a tough group this year. And the way that I see that playing out is a lot of scrambling, a lot of dumping the ball off to Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews. If Odell comes back, I expect him to have a decent amount of reps. So, you know, as much as it sucks for all of you owners who had J.K. Dobbins, if you can avoid it, don't start either this week. And especially with Kenyon Drake, um, this, I think, is his first game back with the Ravens since last season. So I would avoid either of those guys. Good to know. You know what, Stevie? We'll save you for last. Relax there. TJ, you have a sit in mind? Stevie, once again, we're yeah, still going to I, I for do, last. And I don't, I don't think Castle, Castle's going to like me for it. It could be a bold take. It could be out there. And it could be even more bold because one of their key or two of their key defensive players are out this week. Or could be game time decisions. And that's sitting Josh Jacobs. Against the Chargers defense. Oh, I love that reaction. Viewers at home, you could not see it, but jo- Josh had one of the best reactions I've ever seen. The worst part is I, I have been considering sitting him, and I don't want to. So you just made me mad because I'm going to go back and forth yet again on this. Ugh. Yes, and, and the, the thing is, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are they weren't at practice today. So they could be game time decisions, they could be on a snap count, or they could be out come their game on Sunday. But that's not why I'm saying to sit Josh Jacobs. I'm saying to sit Josh Jacobs because the Chargers front line has been somewhat solid so far this season, especially with the emergence of Tuli Tuipulatu. I think that's how it's pronounced. It sounds good to me. I mean, Tuli Tuipulatu probably did better than I could. I mean, listen, the only thing we could say is if if we didn't pronounce it correctly, then this gentleman could come on the show and correct you himself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. 
He's got he's he is a rookie if I if I'm not mistaken. Um he's got two sacks so far in the season, four assists. He's also at 19 solo tackles and never mind. I lost it. He's got he's on a he's on a rate I looked up on Sports Illustrated or maybe it was Sports Center or ESPN. He's on a, a on a historic pace right now for QB pressures. I don't know how true that is. I didn't see the actual uh, statistic, but I saw in in my reading and research for the sit that he has emerged as one of their top guys on defense defense and is filling the void rather nicely for Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. And to be quite honest, I'm not quite sold on the Raiders. I don't know what's going on in Vegas. This isn't the team that I thought they'd be. I do have higher expectations, but then again, I'm a Giants fan, and I have high expectations for our team, and we're struggling real hard out of the gate. So it could be a slow start with a new quarterback. I don't know, but I think for this week, it could change next. For me personally, I would would sit Josh Jacobs this week. The only thing I say about that, and this is not the fact that I'm playing you this week because I think I'm going to play him no matter what, whatever little mind games you got going on, TJ. But uh, no, I I think it's a very fair. um, There's no collusion. I promise. My only uh, argument would be if Jimmy G doesn't play, I feel like he'll get fed more. So I think Jimmy G's health could be a factor, but I haven't been happy with him so far. So it's definitely a warranted set. But he is due. I'll believe it at that. He is due. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Oh, give me a round of applause. Let me hear it. Little Stevie B sits. Yeah, I'm going to say it. And then, uh, yeah, TJ, I'm sorry. I cannot help you with that name. If I could barely pronounce susceptible. I don't think I'm pronouncing that last name. So I agree. With hey, you. And I, I was I was sounding that out just looking at it on my phone in front of the microphone. So you did pretty good. You did pretty. I, I don't know why when I talk like my lip and my my lips, my tongue and everything just goes. Mishmash. It, it could be worse. It, you could be somebody who like loved Alabama football, but couldn't spell Tua Tagovailoa. True, true. All right. So for my sit for this week, before Frommitz, uh rips my head off, um, is a guy for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number one, Rashad White. Uh, I just, you know, promise. What do you think? I was going to say Mike Evans or Godwin or something. And no, Mike are, Evans are big members of the Mike Evans fan club now. So, no, well, Mike Evans is a beast. He was Baker, so he's definitely starting. But we Rashad will have White. a we will have a certain discussion about Mike Evans on another episode. Gotcha. I am. We'll leave it at that. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, sounds good. I'm excited for it. But uh, Rashad White, I don't know. I've never been high on him, even his rookie year or anything. But for some reason, the Buccaneers just like to use him as their back. Um, So I, I know he had that one. I think week two against the Bears, of course, he had a good week. But what does that say? doesn't say too much. So I just feel like he just, like, doesn't really, like, unless if he doesn't score, he's never going to get a whole bunch of yards, in my opinion. 
Um, especially with this Buccaneers O line, that's really besides Worfs, like they they're really like they lost Ryan Jensen in the beginning of the year. Like they're missing a lot of guys. Um, and, like the talent's not there from when it was just even when Brady was there when they won the Super Bowl. So to me, um, I'm just not totally thrilled. And I think, um, I forgot who they're even playing this week. Let me just double check again. I and I, I knew what it was. Um. They are playing the uh can anyone pull it up quick for me? Um Yeah, I got it up right now. They're playing oh, the Saints. Yeah, the Saints have a good defense. Um that baby. Yeah, you know, like listen, is the Saints defense elite? No, but they have a pretty comparable, like a pretty good schedule. Um, but it's a solid defense. You have some good guys up front, you have some good line. Cameron Jordan or Jordan Cameron. Yeah, exactly. Cameron Jordan, even Brian Bercy, like I know he's a rookie, but like, you know, he was a he caused havoc in at Clemson, and um, and he was like the number one overall recruit in his class, you know, or one of the top recruits. So he's got talent and potential. Um, Demario Davis is still a top linebacker, and then you have like a good secondary. So I think I don't know, to me Rashad White, especially in the divisional game, like he's not gonna uh get much going. And I know he just played against Philly, who has a really good D line and great defense. We know this. But I think you now he's gonna play another one. So I just I, I don't know. I just don't see it with him. Um, in my opinion. You know, even yeah, week one against Minnesota, 39 yards. Even against the Bears, he didn't even crack a hundred. You know, he got 73, but then he also had a touchdown. So if you take that touchdown away, you're looking at like 12 points. And then last week he had 38 yards. So like he's been getting, he had 17 attempts, 17 attempts and 14. But besides Chicago, he's been getting like less than 40 yards. So I don't know. That's not too good for a starting running back in my opinion. So if you got him, I'd say bench him against the Saints. And bring back Leonard Fournette. Yeah, listen, I, I'm not Tampa Bay's general manager, but I think they need to do something. I don't think they can rely on him all year unless if they're just going to air it out with Baker. But, I, you know, I don't think that's the case either. So. I think they should bring in someone else. All righty. Well, surprisingly, I really like that pick, Stevie. I didn't expect I would like it or give you uh, any sort of approval, but here we are. Good pick. I was actually thinking of of using him as my set. So, oh, hey, great minds think alike, Promise. Sometimes we could agree on things. Didn't think we'd get here, but here we are. So, I guess. That's the perfect time to wrap up this week's episode before Stevie does something stupid again. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Again, thank you, Pat Gardner, for stopping by, talking hoops, talking even some football at the end. Really appreciate having him on. We'll definitely want to chat again, have him on during the season, see where he's at, and hopefully it's nothing but good news. And again, thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out the Instagram. TJ's got some good content going out. And uh, thank you all for listening. Have a good night.